Listener Production. US stocks slide on the back of a hotter than expected inflation figure. And Aussie shares expected to take a knock on Friday with Harvey Norman shares trading ex-dividend. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 13th of October. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, an ill omen blows with that date. And it seems as though it's lined up with those inflation numbers that we saw in the US. Yes, indeed, Tom. The Friday the 13th mantra hit Wall Street overnight. And we did see Dow Jones currently down by about 205 points, 0.6%, with about 50 minutes left of trade. The S&P 500's down 0.7%, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq has fallen 109 points, or 0.8%. In September, the annualised pace of consumer price growth uh, came in at 3.7%. So that was unchanged compared to the previous month, and it was above the market's expectations. The market was looking for a figure of 3.6%. Having bottomed out in June at around 3%, Ryan, we have now seen a pretty decent escalation uh, in prices over the course of the last couple of months. How nervous are you? Well, these inflation pressures are persisting, so that's got markets unnerved yet again. I think if you look underneath the hood with the inflation numbers, they're quite mixed. So for the headline number, up by 0.4% in the month of September, that was above expectations. But if you look at the core number, excluding food and energy prices, which is what central banks look at, they lifted 0.3%. So that was in line with Mm. expectations. And the annual growth rate for core actually decelerated to 4.1%, the lowest in two years. So there were some encouraging signs there. But Broadly, what we did see were shelter costs, the main factor in inflation lifting, accounting for more than half the rise in the consumer price index. The reality is that inflation is moving higher. It will uh, likely peak at a higher level compared to where perhaps we may have been thinking some time ago. Uh, The conversation where interest rates were concerned last night now saw the probability of a Fed rate hike between now and the end of the year rise from about one in three to about one in two. So that was reflected in the move higher as far as US rates were concerned. Two-year government bond up by about six basis points to 5.07%, a 10-year up by 11 basis points to 471. Now, those are reasonably modest moves in the context of a higher inflation number, but you are up against uh, the boundary of what we have seen in recent times where bond yield highs are concerned. So that's really the the point to make there, isn't it, Ryan? We've got a 10-year government bond just a handful of points away from the the high from the year and the highest that we've seen in almost a generation. Whether we get back up to the level around 4.9% that we saw a week or two ago for the US 10-year is debatable. We'll see what happens tonight in terms of moves there. But of course, that was a 16-year high. But one of the standouts with the inflation data overnight was services prices and they are considered a key for longer run direction for inflation. And they posted a 0.6% gain, excluding energy services. And of course, this is what the US Federal Reserve looks at closely. So what it all means is that the inflation data, while broadly mixed, we are expecting to see the potential for another rate hike by year end. So I suppose you know we're cheek by jowl with the minutes of the US Federal Reserve's previous meeting, which were released yesterday, and we saw some equivocation around the subject of further rate hikes in those minutes. Where do we land, uh, in your opinion, uh, after 
those two outcomes. They're clearly debating whether or not enough has been done, but there is uh, an important catalyst which, which is probably uh, yet to be defined in terms of this move higher um, in, in energy prices in particular in the last couple of months. So you've got the energy price situation with the uncertainty around the Israel-Hamas war, but also at the same time, there will be a continuing focus on the labour market. Mm. And last night, we saw further evidence of tightness in that US labour market. Initial jobless claims or claims for unemployment benefits were steady at 209,000 last week, and that's around multi-cycle lows. It's a very good point that you mentioned about the uh, labour market, Ryan, because it gives me an opportunity to mention an important food product, spam. Right. Right. One so, of your favourites. Um, I don't favour the product myself. Um, no. I have an aversion to um, canned, canned, meat. canned meat myself. Um, don't judge. But Hormel Foods uh, last night, they actually saw quite a decent knock. Uh, the shares were down by 11%. They are the makers of spam. And uh, it's an entree into a conversation around uh, wage increases that they have agreed to with uh, one of the most important unions in the US, the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. So they have agreed to wage increases, which sound quite modest, but on the one hand, that's one instance. You've got the United Auto Workers Union making a name for themselves in another neighbourhood. So this is the second stage of the move higher for inflation when you look at the arc of a story uh, over time. So this is something that is very much front of mind as far as the, the next 18 months are concerned. And the shares were down by 11%, in part reflecting those wage increases, but they also have some plans to get their costs under control as well. The market's a bit questioning of whether or not they're going to be able to do that. Another organization which uh, announced some big wage cuts last night was Walgreens. So this is uh, analogous, I suppose, like Chemist Warehouse or Priceline or something like that. They are claiming that they are going to pull about a billion dollars worth of costs out of their operations over the course of the next couple of years. That is a staggering hill to climb, don't you think? Absolutely. So the pharmaceutical companies share price was up 6.7%. You make a really good point about wages. We saw Ford Motor Shares ease 1.9% after the United Auto Workers expanded its strike at the company's biggest and most profitable factory. So what we're seeing in the lead up to the US presidential election, particularly with a supportive Democratic president still in power at the moment, is increased union action, and that's leading to wage gains, which in turn will lead to inflationary pressures. The other thing to mention as well, we saw a very substantial sell-off in the 30-year Treasury last night. I mean, I'm always blown away, Ryan, why they schedule Treasury auctions in the week of an inflation number, but uh, there you go, they do. But these Treasury auctions that we have seen this week, uh, one thing that unifies them is that we have seen weak demand as a rule. That's right. We have seen weak demand across the board for the different tenors that have been auctioned this week. And then that's fed into the equity market, Tom, because what we have seen is bond proxies. So real estate, consumer staples and utilities overnight, they're the worst S&P 500 performing sectors, down between 1.3% and 2%. So that's an ongoing theme at the moment. Let's just quickly reflect on the European markets without digging too deeply into what happened over there. So the UK market, was an outlier. It rose by a third of a percent. The French market down 0.4, the German market down by about a quarter of a percent. Let's just quickly reflect on the commodity prices. So oil prices still not misbehaving in terms of the move higher. 
Yes, fairly modest moves in crude oil markets last night. So there were a couple of events. Firstly, we saw the International Energy Agency warn of huge uncertainty in oil markets due to the Israel-Hamas war. And the Brent crude price is actually up 0.2% to 86 bucks a barrel. But where we saw declines was in the US market. So there was a surprise build in US inventories last week. In fact, inventories rose by 10.2 million barrels in the last week. And that was much higher than the analyst expectations for a 500,000 barrel rise. So that saw the NYMEX down 0.7% to 82.91 US dollars a barrel. And that strength in the US dollar index has seen gold prices ease by about a third of a percent to 1881 US per ounce. Again, not the sort of outcome that you would expect gold being under pressure with all of the safe haven talk that has featured over the course of the last couple of weeks. In terms of expectations for the local share market today, the futures are pointing to a decline of close to a percent. SPY contract is down by about 64 points or almost 1%. That is going to be a bit of a hole to climb out of today, Ryan. Certainly is not a great lead in from Wall Street overnight, but of course the big focus today in Australia will be on China. We get an update on consumer prices and also international trade, our largest trading partner's Consumer price index is expected to lift by a meagre 0.2% year over year in September. And food prices probably weighed on the CPI in September. And we have seen declines in pork prices, for example. So no signs of a lift in domestic demand in China sufficient with that stimulus to lift consumer prices. And also the trade data is also expected to show weakness in exports and imports as well, Tom. Indeed, the Aussie dollar has gone from the penthouse to the cellar over the course of the last day. Uh, having seen to be comfortable north of 64 US cents a day ago, it has traded back to around 63.1 US cents as we commence the Asian session. Thank you very much for your company this week. It's been a delight. Have a wonderful weekend. We look forward to talking to you again on Monday. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.